This is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning to you. I was on the way over. I thought I'd send a little message to Martin, Martin <laughs> Tibbet. And uh, anyway. Yeah, he says, say hello to everyone for me. I sent him a picture of the worship and us worshipping. Say hello to everyone for me. Missing them all today. Greetings from Sierra Leone. So pray for Martin. He's out there for a couple more days. Uh, He's also out there with uh, our team leader, Dave, from uh, from Kettering. Uh, Where am I? In Kettering as well. So they're having a great time. But uh, thanks, Ruth. Thanks for your welcome. There's a sense of God's momentum among I don't know if you realise that. If you're a visitor or if you're a regular, sometimes we can miss these things. But getting to travel around different churches, different places, I see the temperature of God's spirit is rising and bubbling up. And it certainly is amongst Woodside. I want to commend you for the way you've embraced the stretch and the challenge of multiplication, but also the way you've embraced and uh, the stretch of welcoming me. They've seen the sense of God's spirit and life bubbling up and the, the elders, the team, drawing me in to stir and equip. And uh, it's been great to connect with different teams and different ones of you. So last week we met with a whole uh, 30, 40 of the worship team, the musicians, the singers, praying for them, God's spirit to come bubbling up. Be praying for them. And uh, say, Lord, more of your spirit. This week we're going to be meeting with prophetic teams, younger and older. Just want to see a whole rise of prophetic that comes bubbling out and, uh, and, and on, on, on it goes. So well done. Be hungry, be thirsty. God's on the move. And wherever, it seems there's a rise. We've got six baptisms next week in Kettering. So that's really exciting. Seeing people splashing in the water coming up. God's at work. And, uh, but it is a sense of acceleration. It, it's stretching though at times, isn't it? When you, when you begin to move forward. Years ago, I had three months in hospital because uh, I had a smash crash, broke a, a car crash, broke my leg. The day I came out and we got in the car to come home, I was absolutely fit because I've been, even the day I sat up in bed, I'd laid horizontal for three months. It was a stretch. That day I sat up, I thought, man, the floor is just miles away. Just about, oh. But then in the car to come home, my dad drove you know, very carefully. I'd been stationary in a hospital ward for three months. To be in a car that was even doing 30, it just felt like, oh. It was a stretch, but actually I needed to go through that pain. Otherwise, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in a hospital bed. I, I can't sit up. Or we can't drive home. There's a stretch and a challenge that God takes us through. And it's all about growing us. He's all about maturing us. And I found time and time again, actually, what God wants to do through us, he starts by doing in us. And uh, we're going to look at some uh, event from Moses, the life of Moses, where God does it in him and around him and in order to do it through him. But I'm reminded of the prophet Ezekiel. He has a vision of our bones being joined together. And God says, prophesy to the bones to join, prophesy to the wind, to the breath of God, to let the bones be joined, flesh come, and they arise an army. And that's what the Spirit seems to be doing wherever. He's bringing bones together. And maybe you're here finding your place. Do I fit? Is this a, what is this about church and Jesus? But he's draw, draw, drawing and you're feeling joined. And then the spirit comes on and they rise in the vision of Ezekiel and become an army. That's what God is doing. He's not just anointing individuals 
Although, thank you, Lord, that we know as individuals. He's anointing an army. He's releasing an army across the earth. An army, not military army, but an army of people, men and women, boys, girls, teenagers, filled with the Spirit. And it's like, Holy Spirit, come. And that, but that's growing too, isn't it? It's stretching. We can be a bone on the floor, or we can be joined, or we can be an army. Let the breath of God come and fill us. So Moses, you might have heard of him, Prince of Egypt, the film and the rest. He's leading some people out of Egypt. God has called him. It was sounded a great idea to start with, but as they travel through the desert, meanderings and wanderings, first of all, they run out of water. And then the people are oh, thirsty. And they, oh, we need something to wash. We need a drink. And uh, God provides. And as they travel more, then they, they need some food. God's like, okay, I'm going to provide manna, some sort of bread, some, a miraculous provision for 40 years. God provides food. Amazing. They go out in the mornings and there it is. They gather. But after a while, even then, they're thinking, hmm, manna from heaven. Yeah, it was, it's good. Do you remember when we were in slavery, we used to have like cucumbers and melons and lettuce. Oh, oh, we wish we were back as slaves. It was nice when we had lettuce, but now we just have this heavenly manna from God. We want lettuce. And, and they start to grumble. People are never happy, are they? They're grumbling. If you've got little ones, oh, it's not pasta again. Oh, I don't like meat. Oh, there's bits in it. Oh, there's vegetables. There's some green in it. Imagine that replicated by thousands of people. Every day there's a queue at Moses' door. People are saying, we want lettuce. Oh, so angst. Poor Moses. Oh, then they start to, actually, it's not just lettuce we long for. It's oh, this manna. We want meat. Meat. We haven't had meat for ages. Oh, well, a nice meaty steak. They wanted something, oh, something we can chew on. Something. We want meat, Moses. When do we want meat? We want it now. We want it now, Moses. Moses, I've come to call God's people, take him to the promised land. And all these wretched people can cry out about is they want a steak. They want some cucumber. They want lettuce. Ah, the pain of it. But Moses takes it to God. This is in Numbers 11. He brings it before God. His groans become intercession. And I want to pray and release right now. God, some of us carry a groan in an intercession. And it's like, ah, it's not meant to be this way. We've been called for something more than cucumbers and lettuce. It's for freedom that we've been set free. We keep looking back and longing and we want this, we want that. Oh, God. God gives some of us intercession. And sometimes this gut, this, oh, this compassion, it stirs us and it moves us and it takes us places to people groups or to projects and events and oh, let it be birthed in us. Friends, because often that's where God starts. And it starts in Moses like a rumbling, a grumbling from the people becomes a rumbling. God, do something. Do something. Now it looks like it's going pear-shaped. It looks like it's going wrong. But God does something uh, significant through this prayer. So I want to pray. Just put some of you carry intercession. Lord, for the poor, for the broken. God, it doesn't have to be for justice. Oh, God, for kids, you are stirred for our nation, for another nation. Lord, move. Remember I, uh, the other year I was in a restaurant in Izmir in Turkey and with a friend enjoying company. And I just began to weep, not because of the food, but just as I looked around, I thought, I love these people. I love them so much. Not knowing Jesus, these people around. But I, oh, I began to weep. 
He's thinking, are you okay? Oh, <laughs> other people are looking. What's going wrong with this white guy? He's just, it was just the compassion of God. Oh, Lord, move. Father, I pray. God, so if some of you are like that, just put your hands on your stomach. Lord, I, I want to live and move with intercession. Lord, maybe it comes with a groan. Oh, like giving birth. It's interceding. It's travailing before. Sometimes it's just a... An ache. God, move. Intercession for our kids, our families, oh, for our nation. Whatever it is, Lord, come and release intercession. May you find us, Lord, prayerful. God, coming before you. This is Moses too. Moses comes back before God. God, what have I done to deserve this? What have I done to deserve this? You've brought this pressure on me. It's like it just bubbles out in the end. The burden on, these, on me of these people is just too much. I've had it. I didn't give them birth. They're yours. Right way around, Moses. That's good to acknowledge. These are God's people. You are God's sheep too. But oh, Moses is bringing it before God. Why must I carry them like a, a mother carries an infant? Oh, it's... Some of you carrying one infant is hard enough, isn't it? Oh, these thousands of people... Now they want meat. Where can I get, even if we saved up all the money we have, where are we going to buy enough meat to provide for these? Oh, they're singing, we want meat. When do we want it? Now. And it's just all of this. If this is how you treat me, God, I want to die. I am finished. Have you ever been pushed so much to the edge? I've had it. The Bible's full of men and women who were pushed to the edge. But then, and there's a then, and God broke through. So whether it's Moses, I love the story of Elijah. I'm finished. I want it. Or Jonah. God breaks into people and then, and then he does. So you feel, I'm at the end of my time. I'm at the end. It's always like God says, and there's a bit more, but then I will. Hang on in there. The pressure, the strain. Moses, goodness me. If he wasn't white-haired, he was by now, I'm sure. It's just eaten away at Moses. God knows, actually, Moses, you're called. Your death is not part of the plan. I've got something better for you. Now, first of all, God says, okay, they want meat. I'll give them meat. I love God's humour in Numbers 11. It talks about, God says, I'm going to give you so much meat that it's coming out your nostrils. It's coming out your ear holes. I'm going to give you so much meat that you are going to be fed up with it. That's what you've asked for. That's what you're going to get. Friends, sometimes we need to be aware of what we ask God for. Sometimes his no Feels like that's unfair, but really it's his loving protection and his grace. There's a mystery. But God said, I'm going to provide meat. Imagine the excitement. The next morning they open the tent and so of this manna come down. So of the lettuce they're longing for. There's pheasants all around, dead ones, ready for the pot. Imagine the stew and the casserole and the smell. Oh, it's just so good. We've missed meat. But then day after day after day. But there's a greater provision coming. So God says this to Moses. Okay, Moses, I've heard your prayer. I've heard your prayer too, he says. Now come before me. Not just you come before me to the tent. I want you to find, bring 70 of the other elders with you and come and stand. Now what's this tent? It's a tabernacle, a Bible word. It's a tent of meeting where they would meet and worship God. Moses would go into the very like, inner place once a year before God, he would be praying. The others would see people going into the tent, Moses, particularly the priests. Most people would stand far off. 
They say, well, what happens? We think God comes and speaks. But now Moses says, right, 70, the leaders, you're going to all gather around the tent. Imagine you get that email, that text message, that invitation. It's time to meet. It's time to gather at the tent. Well, we knew Moses did, but can we? Okay, we went and they get there. Three o'clock, maybe they're waiting. What, what happens when you come to the tent? They're waiting expectantly, keeping an eye. Okay, whatever Moses does, I'm going to do. I've cleaned my heart. I've taken a special wash, all the things I had to do. And then the cloud comes. And the cloud is God's presence. It's representing God's presence. This cloud comes, the glory, the presence. You know, sometimes God's presence comes in the Bible, so much so that everything else in the room has to like, get out. They can't even go in. It's like God is among. Wow, these 70 are, are amazed. Moses is, is lifting his hands up. The presence of God comes. They're soaking in it. And then, one by one, they all begin to prophesy, declaring God's praise. The spirit that was on Moses has now got spread out and it's on them. It's multiplied. It's been released. Moses is looking around thinking, God, you've answered. It's not just me anymore. Now it's 70. God is faithful. He's, he's answered that prayer. And God speaks. And God's spirit comes and rests on them. He said, I'm going to help you, Moses, carry the burden. Here are the people. These 70, the spirit rests on now, it's not just these 70. When they sent the email invitation out, 72 got the email, but two never turned up. Eldad and Medad, we know their names. We don't know the 70, but we know these two. Poor guys, they're back at the tent doing some good dad stuff, probably. You know, having a clear out, cleaning the dog, washing the, the camel, whatever it is that they are doing. Um, they're, they're there. And the spirit on the 70, that they should have been there, but it's like God says, no problem. And his spirit comes boosh, onto them too. And they start prophesying. You know, imagine the clatter of pots or whatever's going on. They say, the glory of God. And you know, they're looking after, looking after the kids. Whatever's going on, the spirit's come on them. On them too. The 70 and the two. The spirit of God is anointed. Now Joshua hears about this commotion. Goes and checks it out. Oh, it's happened over here. How? That's not right. It should be by the tent. Moses, stop them. Those, it's 70, but they're in the camp and these two, Eldad and Medad, tell them to stop. It's not the right place. And Moses says this, don't be jealous for my sake. Would that all God's people were prophets and know this pouring out. Would that God would pour his spirit out on all people. Isn't that amazing? The heart of Moses is, oh, it's not just keep it with us, just keep it with the leaders. Actually, would all of God's people, he echoed with the heart of God. And the heart of God that keeps coming through scripture, a river of Ezekiel that flows wider and more people drawn, drawn into it. Or Joel, a prophet who sees in the last days, God's going to pour his spirit on all flesh. Then Peter quotes it at Pentecost when the disciples have been baptised and filled with the spirit. Peter says this is, this is part of what God says for all flesh. Friends, that's the point of Jesus. Not just for those of us in the room that follow, but for all nations, all men and women to hear the good news. That's the heart of God and Moses knew it. Would that all people... And maybe you're, maybe you're one of the 70, or maybe you'd count yourself, well, I'm just one of, one of these. And that was my upbringing. I was brought up in a church, Father, Son, and Holy Scripture. But how could you be filled? How could you know the Holy Spirit in the same way? 
A friend told me, you can receive, let's pray. He prayed. I was filled. The love of God filled. The power of God filled my heart. And I wasn't even at the camp. I didn't have any history in that. But God found me. And you know, he can find you. Whatever your cultural background, whatever your journey, whether the 70 or the 2, he loves to come. He loves to pour out on those surprising people too. Often on the edges, he's pouring out his spirit. God is so good. So they stood and the spirit flows. They were appointed, but now they are anointed. The appointed become the anointed. God filling their heart. The burden of carrying these people was lifted from one. It's a whole family. Well, I wonder what, what, what are you carrying? God, I come to the tent first. I come to the tent first. Centuries later, Jesus comes. Not just one, but he appoints 12 and anoints them. Receive my power and authority. Not just the 12. In Luke 9, 10, 11, the 12 become, guess how many? 72. What's happening is Jesus is fulfilling scripture. The history of the Old Testament is the story of Jesus. Every story of the Old Testament is really Jesus in disguise. Read it. And so the 72, he appoints and says, I give you power and authority. Now you go. Jesus the same. It's not keep it for a few, but no, I send you. People that are all in a muddle, Simon Peter, that are arguing, all the rest. But he anoints them. You know, that will be enough. The anointing will be enough. So the early church start. Peter stands up, spirit poured out. It's going so well, except it's not. How? God is on the move. Thousands being baptised. I mean, that would be exciting. But the church is starting to groan. There's a whole group of social action going on. Widows being fed, all sorts of things. But some of the widows aren't being fed. These apostles that I know the anointing of God can't organise for toffee. And a whole bunch of widows are getting left out and they're going hungry. They're thinking, not for pheasants or manna, but we just need some food. This church is lousy at organisation. <laughs> News gets to the apostles. So we're in Acts 7 now. And they come before God. Oh God, would you? Oh, Acts 6, sorry. I come before God. Lord, would you move? What's the answer? Maybe Simon Peter, maybe you get your Excel list out. Come on, you've got to do this better. Let's sort it. But actually, we've got a call for this. Hey, church, right, this is what we're going to do. Choose men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. Yeah, yeah, but we want people that can organise. Now, guys, remember what Jesus said about wait in Jerusalem until you've received. The spirit was important to him, so it's important to us. Yeah. Remember that story in Moses about the guys and the partridges and actually he got them to stand before the tent. The presence of God was the starting place. Okay, so we want you to look. Where's the presence of God? Who is the spirit on? Okay, so choose men among you who are known, who are known to be full of us. Okay, we look around. Who, who are we known? Who's known to be full of the Spirit? Okay, what does it mean to be not visible? Okay, if you're known, you've got to be visible. Okay, who's, who's walking 
with Jesus. Who is filled with the Spirit like him? The Spirit reproduces Christ. Who's looking like Jesus and walking full of faith? This isn't a faith of like, okay, they know some things about the Bible. They can quote some verses. No, faith that's unpacked in their daily lives. We are, they are following Jesus. Look at the way. They are stepping forward. They are trusting him. That's ongoing faith. Look for those who have that. Okay, who, who's got faith that's unpacked following Jesus? They're walking with him. Look for people who are full of wisdom. Okay, who are known to be full. Do you know some people who are full of wisdom? I know this church, there are many people. It's not necessarily the oldest, but a wisdom that unpacks, a wisdom. It's like the wisdom knows what to do with the power. Okay, wisdom knows the right time to accelerate, the right time to pause. A wisdom that knows, who is that? Look, who's got the wisdom? That's what they say. Look around the church. Who's known for full of the spirit? Who's known for faith? Who's known for wisdom? Okay, who is that? Who's known? Who's full, bubbling over? Who's known to be full of the Spirit? Yeah, they once were, but who's known to, to be ongoing, filled with the Spirit? Friends, it's important for them. It's important for us. This isn't an organisation that, okay, we can do it with rotors and lists and Excel sheets and everything can happen. The church is birthed by God's Spirit. The church is carried by God's Spirit. The church is brought to perfection by God's Spirit. Friends, the way through in all its stretching and groaning is to look around. Who is carrying the Spirit? Faith and wisdom. Men and women, younger and older. Oh Lord, who is it? But it gets even more exciting. You see, they're looking around. They think, okay, we, we found the seven. And they, one of them Stephen. He didn't last too long, actually. He knows the Old Testament, and within a few months or a year, he's dead. He's, he's captured, he's arrested, tortured. He dies, stoned to death. He didn't last too long. Another one, Philip. Hey, we think you're a man full of the Holy Spirit. Yes, says Philip. His wife's thinking, yeah. We know Philip has seven daughters who were prophets. Okay, so Philip, we'd love you to help serve the widows. We see that God's anointing is on you. We want you to serve the widows. Oh, I, I was hoping for a microphone, maybe, said Philip. I was hoping that this is my moment. But I said, oh, no, we want to help you. We want you to help with Project 41. Yeah, but, but, but what about Sundays? We don't read anything where Philip gets involved with Sundays. It's often God's anointing and his call and full of faith has nothing to do with ever being on here, but it has lots to do with Project 41 and feeding widows. Because here's the thing. Do you know what happens to Philip? Where does Philip end up? Within weeks, months, we don't know quite know the timing. But by Acts 8, those who went, who had been scattered, preached, Philip went down to a city in Samaria. He proclaimed Christ. When the crowds heard Philip, and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks and e evil spirits came out, many paralytics were cripples were cured. There was great joy. Philip, who's working in Project 41 with the widows, is now preaching, and his revival's happening in cities. And through him, he was, he was even transported by the Spirit in different places, and he popped up, and there is, oh, what, what happened here? He knew an anointing and it all started by being a man full of faith in the Spirit 
and feeding widows. And maybe you think, maybe it stayed at the widows for some of them, we don't know. Maybe most of them, I suspect, it didn't ever affect a Sunday morning, a Sunday meeting, but it, boy, it affected the widows. Boy, it made a difference to their lives. Friends, wonder what God has called you to be anointed in. Don't ever think this is the summit. And if I'm here, I've made it. But if I'm, oh, I'm just a surgeon. I'm just a teacher. Oh, I'm, no, actually, may you know the anointing where you are. If, may we know politicians who are filled with the Spirit. May we know teachers and doctors and housewives and housemen. Oh, God, may we know. May we know yours, whatever it is, retirees. May we be filled with the Spirit. Whatever it is. Um, it's the Spirit of God. And then God can work it out, yeah. and maybe he will one day. Because yeah. I know sometimes, too, God puts promises. Mm. When I was filled with the Spirit, I knew, I knew God had called me. There were some things I felt he said to me, some things I'm still waiting for. I, was that you? Was that, I, but there was always a sense that I, I knew one day God was going to call me out of teaching, and I was going to be involved with the church. I didn't quite, I, I just knew that. But there may be other things. God has spoken to me. And yeah, maybe you've had dreams of meeting royalty. Maybe you've had dreams of standing in a place. Maybe you've had dreams for your community, your street, your family. Oh, God. Friends, it starts by coming to the tent yeah. and yeah. let the anointing yeah. come, yeah. just like it was for these disciples. Oh Lord, come. Friends, as you look at this series of sustainable growth, we can get trained. I know there's a training event that Tim Green will be putting together and there'll be information in there, um, on, on their website and others will tell you about in due course. But it starts by coming and living and drinking from the anointing. That's why Jesus says, disciples, you've been with me three years, that's pretty good, but I don't want you to do any ministry until you've received my power. Yeah, yeah but Jesus, we know all the stuff. We could like do it. He said, wait. Mm-hmm. Friends, now the waiting has finished because the spirit has been poured out, but it's still important. Okay, we need to also now be filled. We also need the spirit living in us. Whether it's widows, whether it's missing, whatever it is, come on us. I want to pray. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for Woodside. May this be a place of the bubbling life of the Spirit. Oh, God, come on us. Come on us, because there's a, a world out there. There are thousands of people within five miles of us right now who have no idea, not even about this church, but about any church. They are not thinking in the least. I wonder which church... The only Bible they will read will be you as you sit next to them tomorrow. That's the book that they will read. That's how they will find out about God. That's then when we can introduce. This, let me introduce you to the, to the guy that fuels me, to the book that, ah, God, come on us. God, come on us. It was important for Moses. It was important for the church in Jerusalem. It's important for Woodside. So let's pray, God, with some of the Spirit. I want to pray. Pray for us. So can I ask us to stand? As we draw near to God, we've sung, been led 
into his presence as we've unpacked scripture. It's Jesus we come to. So I want to encourage you, whether you're looking in, think, I don't know how to do this. It's a matter of just having our heart open. It's not an academic exercise. It's a heart. Lord, I come to you. So I invite you, whether you're involved in church, looking in, a visitor, a regular, let's first of all, let's come. Jesus, we come to you. Because this tent, Jesus says, actually, I'm the tent. It was a tent, Jerusalem, Israel, but now Jesus is the tent. He's the place where we come and meet the Father. So Lord, I come to you, Jesus Christ. Maybe it's not even Lord yet. You think, Jesus, is that you? I'm I'm here. I'm looking for some purpose. Will you show me? Is it this tent? Is that for real? Are you the real tent where I meet God? That's a good prayer to pray. Maybe you've encountered Jesus, but you know, uh, am I known to be full of the Spirit? Well, I once was, but to be honest, you know, it's a bit of a badge, but it's not really my experience. Oh, God. Maybe it's knowing the call of God. I know you've called, so Lord, I invest in, I come to the tent. Wherever he's going to take me, I come. It starts with you, the tent. Jesus. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.